0: Hello, and welcome to the Soundweavers podcast. Soundweavers explores the trials and tribulations of small ensemble musicianship through conversations with leading performers and composers. We hope you enjoy. Hello, lovely and wonderful gentlefolk, and welcome back to the Soundweavers podcast. Now, today we have another cast chat, but it's a cast chat with a twist because we have a guest. So, up in my little Zoom box, we have our co-host, Dr. Blair Kerner. How are you today, my dear? Can't complain, can't complain. And today we are going to be talking internships so yes we've been talking to all of these amazing groups but a lot of them also offer internships for young musicians now just a little bit of background both myself and Blair went through the arts leadership program at Eastman Uh, Blair actually interned with Pegasus Early Music I interned with Ensemble Signal and I now play with Ensemble Signal so these internships were hugely influential in our beginning of our careers but we're going to be talking to one of the more recent interns from the Arts Leadership Program and that is Lydia Becker who also worked with Pegasus Early Music and we're just going to talk a little bit about what it's like to be an intern, what you took away from the experience and all of that stuff. So firstly, hi Lydia, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you for having me. Absolutely, so Before we actually jump into the questions about uh, the internship, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? What do you do outside of interning?
1: So I recently completed my undergraduate studies and then a double masters at the Eastman School of Music, studying violin performance and early music. And now I am continuing my historical performance studies at the Juilliard School. Pegasus was probably a
0: very good choice for you for an internship.
1: It was awesome.
0: Why did you pick this particular organization to work with?
1: So this organization really corresponded exactly with um, where I wanted my career to go. Um, And it was so great because it was local. And also, since it was a smaller organization, it allowed me to really see all the different aspects of running a presenting arts organization.
2: Speaking of that, since it's a smaller organization, what was your role as an intern? What were some of the day-to-day tasks? What is you know a big project that you did? Just give us a little bit of insights as to what they asked you to do.
1: So I would go to Deb's house once a week, touch base with her, and when I was there in person, and this was (laughs) pre-COVID, I would send out all the ticket orders every week, and I would also um, send out the letters for tax deductible donations, since it's a nonprofit. Um, So those were kind of the regular tasks that were assigned to the intern. And then for individual projects, I worked a lot on our mailing list. So making sure that those were kept up to date. I sometimes would um, draft emails, um, sending out announcements. I would also manage all of the arts calendars around the areas for publicity. And then I would also hang up posters around town and publicize.
0: So I actually have a question, seeing as you both worked at Pegasus, did you have similar tasks, Blair, Were there different tasks, depending on what each of you was interested in specifically? Because uh, I had a very different experience with Signal. It was wonderful, but it very much uh, played into what I'm good at, which is the kind of PR and social media aspect of it. And then organizing people for really big trips, which was great. I got to sort of make sure everyone had their flights and things like that. <laughs>
2: My internship was a little older ago. Um, and so a lot of the technology aspects of the organization wasn't really up and running. So um, when I was there, we actually hired on a, a web designer and completely overdid the web. And we realized that we didn't have that many images that were posted um, and even didn't have, we had lots of recordings, but they weren't accessible. Um, you know, no no YouTube channel, really uh, not a lot of uh, social media presence. So it was about getting the ball rolling there. Um, so starting to create that for the first time starting to promote through that for the first time especially since the main goal when I was there was to engage younger audiences which of course was probably still happening today but it was like our first time really jumping into that um so it was kind of shifting towards the tech and then um I know Lydia will talk about more about this and how she basically exploded that as she changed into a different role um, in in Pegasus down the road but that was like just getting it online more frequently and really expanding it. So it was a little different and I I wanted to go explore that a bit more. Uh, That was also the time when our their first Pegasus Rising was um, started so Pegasus Rising if remember back to their episode is their student uh, or a young professional support system where they got some funding from a grant to essentially hire students to do or young professionals to do concerts and they actually got paid. But they also, although they would help guide them through, we're requiring them to be active in the marketing and the promotion and the venue rental and all the other stuff so that it was a real kind of send uh, the gadget experience. So that was first year. Um, so it was trying to figure out the procedures and processes for marketing it, figuring out who to hire, um, why, uh, what are some local areas and venues we can recommend to get the ball rolling, all of that good stuff. So it was a slightly different perspective, but still similar things as well.
0: So, Lydia, back to you. I would love to know what your most memorable learning experience was during the internship.
1: That's a very good question. <laughs> One of the biggest things that I learned, this wasn't a specific experience, but it was really just Seeing Deb at work, um, in person, and really understanding all that it takes to put on a concert. There are so many little logistics that you don't think about. And seeing how she connected with her donors and her artists. She really values building relationships and that's something I always really admired. So I think that was the main thing that I learned. And and she always says like two things. First thing is you can't do anything without money, Yeah, <laughs> which is a sad truth. But the other thing that she said, she really built this organization on is pay your musicians well. Mm-hmm. Don't just pay them the minimum, but pay them really what they're worth. And I think that's, served her so well. And I really admire the artistry that has come because of the way that she respects the people around her.
2: You were fortunate, Lydia, that after your internships, you were then hired by Pegasus. Could you talk a little bit about that process and transition from student intern to, you know, a colleague and what were some of your big projects or goals you wanted to accomplish or were asked to accomplish as the new administrative assistant?
1: When I came into this position as the administrative manager, I was coming in after three different people had filled that position three years in a row. So there was a really high turnover rate and that was really challenging because when I came in there wasn't a regular system for doing things. And I found that was the, the most difficult thing. It was really helpful that I had the experience of the internship because I knew how things were run. I knew kind of the culture of Pegasus as an organization, but there are a lot of behind the scenes things that weren't formally organized. So for the whole first year, a huge project that I worked on was organizing our Google Drive because there was a lot of valuable information, but no one knew where to find it. And also, as I did concerts, managing backstage and front of house, selling tickets I tried to make lists of how to do things, just uh, anticipating future people coming after me. Um, so, so that was definitely challenging, but it made the two years following that much easier for me.
0: And I, I just have an aside question. Um, did you just work with Pegasus for the whole year of your internship, or did you work at two different institutions?
1: Yeah. So actually, I should mention the internship with Pegasus. It's actually a joint internship with Pegasus Early Music, which is based in Rochester, New York, Mm -hmm. and then NYS Baroque, which is based out of Ithaca and Syracuse. So you're doing mostly the same work, but you're doing it twice for both organizations. And that was actually really interesting to see, like you're doing kind of the same work for both organizations, but they have different boards. Mm -hmm. So they approach things differently. And that that was definitely a learning opportunity for me. My other internship that I did was actually the summer before at the Boston Early Music Festival. I was the assistant to the orchestra director, Robert Mealy.
2: So I have a question for Lydia and reflection. You mentioned earlier COVID. So you worked with Pegasus as an intern prior to COVID. And then during COVID, you were doing a lot of your actual, you know, colleague work. What was the difference of working in person, uh, going visiting Deb, you know, going to these concerts, etc., and then switching to an online uh, structure? Um, both in what the work that you had to do, but also in how you had to communicate or the feelings that you had about being within an institution, but maybe not being in the same space, et cetera. And particularly, the reason I'm asking this question is that a lot of the students right now are interested in interning virtually, but it's a very different experience. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, so I found that it was definitely challenging. I'm an extroverted person and I love seeing people face to face. But I'm so thankful for Zoom. That definitely got us through. So what ended up happening was Deb and I would meet every week on Zoom, talk through things, even sometimes working on Zoom on different projects, Mm -hmm. but just like so we could see each other. And I think the big thing for me was just having a calendar and a planner and making a good to-do list. And um, just with Deb, we would just keep each other in check uh, throughout the week. Like, did you do this? Or reporting back to one another. And and that structure really helped. And I think that's the tricky thing, doing things virtually is is making sure you have a good structure to work with. And especially like in terms of deadlines, I'm a very deadline-driven person. In shifting to a virtual audience, we had a lot of conversations about what Pegasus should be doing in a pandemic because there were so many arts organizations that disappeared or became dormant. Close their doors, yeah. Exactly. And that was one thing that we really wanted to continue creating music in some way. And so we talked a lot about that. And so at that point, we started developing our YouTube channel more, trying to put more time into our social media, develop more followers. And that was really helpful during the summer of 2020, leading into our first ever entirely virtual season.
0: Absolutely. And again, this is something that I think we've noticed through running this podcast is the pandemic has just changed how these organizations work, how they deliver their content, how they engage with their audiences. And that's so exciting. I mean, it's it's something that I have ended up taking on uh, as a personal artist and doing with my chamber groups as well. So uh, it's something that is, I think. Was due to happen, and unless a big catastrophe like this happened, we weren't going to have um, have classical music sort of dragged kicking and screaming to the twenty first century uh, with some of our. Uh, institutions. And this has kind of given us the kick to do that. Would you agree, Blair?
2: I do. I absolutely think so. And I think, as you were saying, the geographical location isn't as necessary anymore. Right now, during the Arts Leadership Program, which now I'm currently running, our students are being challenged to actually think, okay, great, now that you're interning, do you want to do virtual? Do you want to do in person? Or do you want to do hybrid? Um, And they can either travel there during the summer, if it's a summer internship, or they could do a little bit of travel and, and then do rest of it prep work before beforehand or just completely virtual. But as you mentioned, you do need to know yourself because those are three very different experiences and you'll gain a lot from it, but you do need to know that there is a difference and you need to prep for it. So I agree.
0: What was your interview experience like to get these internships? Cause I have a fun story of my,
1: well, my first question on my interview was, are you allergic to cats? <laughs> <laughs> Which is actually really funny because having worked more in the early music world, it seems like almost every single early music person is also a cat (laughs) person, which makes me really happy, of course. So that was kind of the deal breaker, you know. (laughs) No, I think one thing that really helped me with my interview and then my internship was just my genuine enthusiasm for what the organization was doing. It was like a shared vision and that was really motivating for me because it wasn't, you know, just about making money or getting the experience to put on my resume. But there was such a deeper learning experience and I guess desire and that really pushed me.
0: What's your interview story, Rosie? My interview with Signal, I walked into Spot Coffee, uh, which is where Lauren Radnowsky who's cellist and uh, were of the directors of Ensemble Signal, was sat there with her laptop ready to interview everyone. And the first thing she did was look down at my shoes, make a comment about it. And we started talking about shoes for the first 10 minutes of the interview. <laughs> and then we had a really nice conversation about um so my pet peeve is uh musicians who don't know how to bow and professional musicians who don't know how to bow and we got on this big rant about this and we got to the end of the time I was like well this was a really fun conversation don't think I'm gonna get the internship got a phone call saying hi can you come work with us I'm like yes great I actually
2: have a story that's it's it's a simple one but it's one that probably a lot of people will get which is i hit it off with an organization that was not pegasus there was two individuals there they had actually looked into me they looked at my website and other things like that and connected in and similar to rosie we connected actually about dancing because um, myself and one of the other individuals did english country dancing and so we started bonding over that and i felt like it was an amazing interview and i went away super super happy And I was not offered the position. And that was very upsetting. And I actually cried and was like very frustrated because that was a group that I was really interested in. Um, And I'm not an early musician, so I really appreciated Pegasus, but that wasn't really my instrument or my focus. Um, So uh, I didn't get it. And that was the first honest rejection that I had gotten in an interview job type of setting. I've been very fortunate up to that point where everything I applied for job wise I had received. So it was very uh, eye opening. And also a good learning opportunity to realize that even if you are enjoying the experience, even if you do hit it off, you just might not be the exact person that they're looking for based on the experience, based on the skills. It has nothing against you as an individual. It just means you're not the the absolute best fit that they've identified and that's okay right because honestly I am thrilled with what ended up happening anyway and I couldn't have been happier with going off to Pegasus because it created wonderful connections that I maintain to this day
0: yeah it's nothing but and actually I had a similar experience the place that was technically my first choice pick was something that uh the then leader of the arts leadership program Leslie Scassidy had said you'd do well here and that's actually um WXXI she was like you should go work at the radio station look we're now podcasting I did again I wasn't even the second pick for that and again I thought I'd done a really good interview uh and I just I think they were looking for someone else they were looking for a different skill set and that's okay and I'm again so grateful that I worked with Signal because as I say I now play with them And that leads me into my final question, which is what advice would you give students who are wishing to intern or currently are interning with music organizations?
1: I would say this is such an exciting time to be interning with organizations and building those connections, because if there's one thing that the pandemic has taught us, it's that we really aren't bound anymore just by our geographic location you could be doing an internship with literally any organization around the world. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really exciting. So I would say don't limit yourself, but I also, if there's any like warning words. I'd say, know yourself, know what structure in your life you need to succeed because it's really great to dream and be like, Oh, I'm going to do all these things virtually. But if you don't know what you need as a human to function properly and be healthy mentally, emotionally, physically, um, it can be really detrimental.
0: So with that, this has been a really fun, short and sweet cast chat, a huge thank you to Lydia for joining us today. And we look forward to bringing you our next cycle in the next couple of weeks with some very, very exciting guests as always.